It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDK. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a beautiful day today, so you're going to want to get out into the garden, but you're also going to want to get out and head to the Butler Home Show. Andy Amrine was there yesterday. We've been telling you over the last couple of days, Mr. Oster is going to be there later. And this is a free home show, too. He'll give you all details on that in a moment. But let me remind you, if you have anything about your garden that you need answered, you've got two of the best from that great skate company that is the Tribune Review. You've got Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. The number to be on the program is 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, KDK.com. Easter flowers, of course. Passover beginning as well. Lots of holiday stuff I'm sure they're going to get to. So we would love to hear from you. And all of our lines are open. Again, the number is 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, KDK.com. And here they are, ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster and Jessica Wallace. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. The sun is coming up. It's another beautiful day. Get out in the garden and have some fun. And take your Tylenol or Advil with you. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, first the thing first I said to Doug. first thing she said this morning. <laughs> I came in. I am so sore. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm showing my age for sure, which I didn't really think was that old, but apparently it is. Well, because... just think when you were taking care of all those perennial gardens. Well, it's interesting because when I was in my early 20s taking care of all those perennial gardens and I had some women working for me who were a little bit older than me, their ki- you know, their kids were grown or in high school. And after our first day of working in the spring, they would talk about how sore they were when they came in to work the next morning. And I used to kind of laugh it off, haha, whatever, whatever, you know. And now, boy, oh boy, that's me. I'm them. Like, I worked yesterday for about six hours outside. So it was a pretty long, solid day, edging the beds and cutting things down, cleaning it out a little bit and getting things in line. And, um, so should we yeah, ask what's sore or I what? I barely what, get out, yeah. of the, out of bed. What's this sore morning. or what isn't my sore? My back, my hamstrings, uh, my feet. Yeah. It's just actually my hand from pruning. You know, you get that, the muscle across the center of your palm of your hand really sore from doing all that pruning. So. You should have read my article about stretching out. I guess and I should have. Stretching all your hands and everything. And I all that don't stuff you're know that stretching, do. I don't know that stretching would have done a darn thing because um, I think I should have stretched afterwards probably. Stretch before, yeah. during, and, and after. after. Well, I was stretching during, that's for sure, reaching and whatever. And the other thing I was laughing at with my husband was I wasn't even like hauling wheelbarrows of mulch, which will be <laughs> next weekend or the weekend, or not next weekend, a couple weeks away, like, you know, doing the wheelbarrows of mulch. Then I'm really sore. I mean, I was using the tractor with the cart on the back to haul the debris. So, uh, you know... Yeah. Yeah, but you'll get I, you know ooh. you'll get in gardening shape. That's ooh. what happens to yeah. You start the the first first day, and I haven't even started in that full force yet. I've been speaking yeah. and everything. Yesterday I was at Old Economy all day. That was wonderful. Uh, yeah, the uh, historic horticulturalist there before I left <laughs> gave me a fishing pole he made. <laughs> Not a historic fishing pole. It is a historic fishing pole because it's just a big giant willow branch uh-huh. with a string on it and a nail. <laughs> a nail? Yeah. And a handle he put on there just Not for fun. Not sure you're going to catch no, many fish with that nail. No, you're not going to catch a fish nail. with it, but it was just kind of fun. Uh, so yesterday, Old Economy. Today, I'll be at the Butler Home Show at 2 o'clock talking all about organic gardening. I've got free seeds, of course, uh, for a good cause, partnering with the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. I'll give you the seeds. You grow them out and donate them to your local pantry. Uh, as Rob said, the Butler Home Show is absolutely free. Come on out and see me. It's at the Family Sports Center on Route 68. And 
I know you're going to want to talk about this. It's our, our number one question this time of the year. What do I do about violets in the lawn? Enjoy them is what I was. Mine, uh, they've just started to come into bloom, and I have them some other places in the garden. But I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, you see that I recently paste, posted, excuse me, an article from the Xerces Society, which is. Uh, oh, you did. A, you pasted it. I I cut and pasted it. Right, the um, nonprofit uh, organization that invertebrates, so basically insects, butterflies, pollinators, things like that, and they uh, wrote an interesting article about the importance of violets to the fritillary butterfly. Just like milkweed is the sole caterpillar food source for the monarch butterfly, the violet is the sole caterpillar food source for many species of the fritillary butterfly, and um, some of which are becoming more and more rare. So those violets in your lawn, violets in your flower beds, please let some of them go because it's a very important food source for these butterflies. And the thing is, a lot of people say, well, I never saw caterpillars on mine. But what's cool about the fritillaries is they're one of the only caterpillars that feed at night. So during the day, the caterpillars sort of crawl away from the plant. They tuck themselves, you know, under a branch or under a leaf of another plant, and they come back to the violets at night to feed. So just because you're not actively seeing those caterpillars doesn't mean that they aren't there. So it's important to just let those I pledge you I pledge to you I'm letting them all stay Thank you. for that reason. Good. We'll take the 10th caller right now to win a gift certificate from Sorgles, 412-922-1020. Plus, we'll check sports and then right back to you and the Organic Gardeners. If you have a question, all of our lines are open at 866-391-1020. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. Is Radio 1020 KDKA. Hey, congratulations, ladies and gentlemen, to Nancy from Reserve Township. Davy Tree also back with us for another spring season after CBS Radio News at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Kay in the North Hills. Hey, Kay, how are you? Good morning. Um, thank you for telling us about the violets, Jessica. I love violets. Good. Um, well, wait a minute. I brought it up. What about me? <laughs> oh, you did. I'm so sorry. I came in with my coffee when Jessica was talking. That's always my luck. They're always listening to Jessica. I have a question about my rhododendron. There, everything, it it seems one bush is, all the leaves are turning brown, and there are branches that are actually, look like they're dying. Do we have a blight or something? Too early for the borer, isn't it? Well, it could have been borer damage from last year. That's the thing that I would think about right away. Uh, is there something how you can old do are they? about it? How old are they? They're about 30 years old. Ooh, okay. They're big. Okay. But ever, all the other ones are really looking good. So it's I, just this one. And is this one isolated from everybody else, or is it in no, with a bunch? No, they're all in a row. Okay, so I would worry about a couple of different things. I would worry that it was a root issue. So, for example, if you have black vine weevils, their larva can damage the roots and cause sort of gradual stem dieback like that. You would see notching from the adults from last year in the mean? edges what? of the leaves. There would be like little notches, little no, rounded notches taken out. That's a I don't sign. See anything like that? Okay. Number two would be just sort of natural winter dieback. Sometimes we see that on rhododendrons. The fact that it's a branch, one branch at a time, could also be a canker. It could also be borer. Uh, With borer, you would see sort of at the base of the plant or the base of the stem, you would see little pin-sized holes. 
um, and during the growing season, they would have sawdust um, either below the plant or coming out of those holes. But right this time of year, you would only see the holes from the borers because it would have been last year's damage. It's, It's hard to tell. Rhododendrons are one of those things that they have enough issues that could occur with them that it could be any one of those things. So I would prune out the damaged growth. You know, anything that is 100% dead, prune it out. Make sure that you clean and sterilize your clippers between every cut. And definitely don't use clippers on the healthy plants because if it's a pathogen, like a wilt or something, you don't want to spread that to the other plants as well. Um, So be very careful as you're pruning to use like a Lysol disinfectant spray or a 10% bleach solution on those clippers between every cut. Okay. Okay. And definitely go back all the way to the end of the branch. So don't just cut the, you know, the tips. If the whole branch looks like it's dying, take the whole branch all the way back. And then what about uh. giving, giving her a little bit of holly tone on there? Yes or no? Yeah, you certainly could. This is the time of year to do it. Um, it's not going to make the, you know, if that branch is dying, it's not going to bring that branch back to life. But it's certainly going to improve the vigor of the, you know, the rest of the plant and then the other uh, shrubs around it as well. It, do you think Davy Tree would would be able to tell me something about it, or what? do I? I just, it, it's the whole bush. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my bush. Yeah, right. Sure, they'd come out and take a look at it. Yep, they'd okay. come out and take a look. You can also, you know, if you're worried about a specific pathogen, uh, Penn State, the uh, Extension Service and the Agriculture Department there does have a plant pathology lab where you can actually send a physical sample of the plant into them, and they will do okay. a pathology test on it to take a look and see exactly what it is that's wrong with the plant. Um, okay. And you can just Google Penn State patholo- plant pathology lab, and you'll come up with a page that will tell you how to send in the sample, where to send it to, you know, how to package it, stuff like that. So that's another possibility as well, especially, you know, if it was a five-year-old shrub, okay, maybe I wouldn't worry so much about it, but a 30-year-old one for this to be happening to it, I just wouldn't want it to be something that would possibly spread to the other, you know, rhododendrons around. And Kay, stay tuned. Well, maybe we'll ask Todd what he thinks too and see if he has any other suggestions. Okay, I will be listening. (laughs) All right, okay, thank you. And not, so not, not just to Jessica. They listen to me, too. <laughs> no, she'll, she'll listen to Todd. Oh, that's true. All right, let's uh, <laughs> head out to uh, Frank, who's calling today from Coriopolis. Hey, Frank, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Um, I have a very small plot of land, just the way my yard is laid out. I'm trying to expand a little bit on the side of the house. But anyhow, um, we didn't plant anything yesterday, or yesterday last year. And for the most part, what we'll do is like cherry tomatoes, um, green peppers, a few odds and ends like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, but we didn't do, for whatever reason, we didn't do anything last year. And in this area, there's a number of weeds. Instead of messing around pulling out this weed and pulling out that weed, what I was thinking, if this is even a good idea, digging down maybe about six inches, just getting rid of all that, what I was wondering, if I do that, what would be the best thing to replace that with, that soil with? Don't do that. How's that? <laughs> okay, well, that, that's Don't another, do it. another option. Right. So I should just pick out all those weeds? Yeah, so your purpose in removing the top six inches of soil well, is to get rid, of the, get rid of the weeds. Well, maybe any other little spores or yeah, anything that yeah. may still be there. Even though I pull out the big ones, there still may be yeah. other ones growing. Yeah, and the deal is weed seeds can be buried yeah, you'll be revealed. You'll be revealing all those weed seeds. Exactly. You'll just be bringing up new ones. So that's definitely a no-no. What you want to do is you need to do a better job job of controlling the weeds that you have. Now, in my vegetable garden, one of the easiest things that I find is 
you get rid of all the weeds that are in there, whether okay. it's pull. Yeah, what? that's what I want to know. You want to pull them or are you going to cut them? I pull them. Oh, I pull them. I pull them. You pull them up out of the soil, go through, do one really good weeding in there, okay? Mm-hmm. And before you plant your tomatoes and peppers and whatever else it is that you're going to plant in there, you put down 10 sheets thick of newspaper. Just lay it right over the surface and wet it. So you can you can you can spread it wet or you can put it down dry and then wet it with a with a hose. And then on top of that, you put either like about two inches of either shredded um, leaves or straw or uh, compost or some other organic matter right on top of that newspaper. How about, because I'm going to cut my grass today, can I put all the grass clippings on as, top? As long as they're not treated. If you used any sort of a chemical treatment on that lawn, you absolutely keep those clippings out of the garden. They do, not, okay. they do not belong there. So if you're using grass clippings, again, no more than one to two inches thick. No more than that. And then when you plant your tomatoes, you simply clear away that mulch just from the little spot where you're going to plant the tomato. You cut an X through the newspaper and you plant that tomato right through it. You do not disturb that newspaper all season long. You leave the mulch completely in place all year long. So and you just let everything deteriorate into the exactly. soil. Exactly. And the microbes will process it. And there's been <laughs> lots of studies and it's not detrimental to the soil or anything. Um, and every year then you go out, you add a new layer on top. A new layer of newspaper and compost or whatever on top. Ten sheets thick. Yep. And what that in the newspaper doesn't affect anything. The only thing you don't want to use are those glossy, shiny inserts, like the flyers and stuff like that. Don't use those. But any colored or black and white newsprint, as long as it's matte, it's fine to use. Here's an interesting thing: Uh, the product pit moss, Mm -hmm. which is made in Ambridge. You might have saw it on uh, Shark Tank. One of the two products has recently been certified Omri. Organic, organic and it, material. It's the main yep. thing that they use is newsprint. So, yep. so basically, newsprint is organic. Now, I would do it a little bit different, very similar. I would weed whack those weeds down. I would put two or three inches of compost on top of that. Then I would put the newspaper on there, and then I would put the mulch on there. So, almost the same thing. But a little, little lazier. But if you have perennial weeds, though, if you have like Canada thistle or bindweed or dandelions, there's a possibility that as those that newspaper breaks down, they could come up through it. Maybe. Just one, one other That's minor point. I, do I don't yeah. have any really access to any amount of organic matter, compost, or anything. Go can buy I, some. Uh, for the want of a better question, can I go buy compost? Absolutely. Or? I buy it by the bag all the time. I buy it by the truckload. Okay, well, good. That's the answer because I don't. I mean, I have some few leaves. Left I over, buy it by the time that it would amount to anything. Yeah. So yeah, if I can go buy it, then I'm go- I'm good to go. In fact, so depend- I need I need ten layers and wet it, and yep. then put about two inches of the compost or whatever on top of yep. that. And here's- whatever I'm going to plant, cut a hole, plant it, and I'm on my way. Exactly. Now, what community do you live in? Can I ask? Moon Township. Okay, so I would check with Moon Township, the municipality. Many of our local municipalities give away for free leaf compost that they made from, you know, they suck up the leaves from the street, they compost it, and then they give it back to residents. I don't know if Moon has a program like that, but lots of our other local municipalities do. So definitely check. You might be able to get it for free, you know, filling up some buckets in the back of the car. They dump it somewhere around where Jessica lives, but she won't tell me where. I won't tell my secret. 
Right. Hey, thank <laughs> thank you for the call. We'll go to Bob and see you in open in just a couple of moments. We've got a few dollar bank instant access messages as well. Todd Shabondi, Davey Tree coming up after the uh, 31 past the hour update of CBS Radio News. Coons Cooking Hour. It's Holy Week recipes. Dan Cohen for a segment. Also talking some Passover food as well as that is set to begin on April the 10th and run through the 18th. Today, of course, Palm Sunday. Next Sunday will be Easter. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access. KDK.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. Back by popular demand for 2017. Our friends from Davy Tree. We'll get to them in a moment. But ladies and gentlemen, if you are the 10th caller, you'll want a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's at 412-922-1020. Well, I'd like to welcome Todd Shravandi from Davy Tree. Todd, welcome back. But, you know, when we're off the air, we're talking all about old film technology. The things that go on in the studio. You know, people would pay big bucks to just hear what we talk about. Todd is is so young that he thought that his grandmother was shooting pictures and converting to slides. And we were telling him, no, she shot him on slide film. Slide film. Never heard of it before. Uh, (laughs) We we saw, you know, thousands of sunsets. uh, Now that I know, uh, shot on slide film. So kind of cool. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is. So, but we are here to talk about trees, not slides. And um, also during the break, in addition to talking about slides, we were talking about some problems that you guys are seeing right now as you go out and about beginning you know pruning and tree care for folks and the first one that i want to talk about is one that is near and dear to doug's heart which is the hemlock woolly adelgia tree i'm I'm getting killed oh are you really describe what it looks like getting killed little white cottony masses uh, and we have a laundry list of items yeah only on it's very host specific uh only on hemlock so if you're seeing uh little white masses or even maybe the tree yellowing out a little bit Chances are hemlock woolly adelgid is taking over. So, and it's wiping out, it's decimating trees out east by the dozens. I mean, and big trees. And too, now's so. the time of year to do horticultural oil yes, treatment with them. Okay. Absolutely, and improve that soil. Uh, make sure that you're getting good uh, soil microbial activity going on. You had talked about soil microbes before. Make sure we're, we get those trees nice and healthy. Healthy trees are less likely to be in, infested with the insects. I have uh, like hundreds of them. Well, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to Hundreds do? Hundreds of hemlocks? Yeah, I got them all over the place. Oh, wow. And they're yeah. 40 feet tall, some of them. Well, How am I going to get horticultural oil on them? That is Are a you very gonna come good in a question. bucket and do it for me? Well, we have a large tree sprayer we can get out there. Uh, actually, there's another uh, way to get in and do some uh, different treatments on those. But realistically, the horticultural oil is one of the best ways, you know, and kind of a low-impact way to manage those trees as well. So, Well, I'll hit as much as I can hit, but... Yeah. Said, yeah, and you're not going to pick those guys off, unfortunately. No. I'm not climbing 40 feet up a tree either. <laughs> <laughs> and the other issue you're seeing a lot of right now are with evergreens, with spruces in particular. Lots Describe of those calls. issues. Lots of calls. Uh, so evergreens, uh, spruce trees in particular, we see it on firs a little bit, but two diseases, uh, rhizosphere needle cast and cytospora canker, both of which will be expected to spell at the end of the segment here. Uh, <laughs> they are just ravaging the trees. Uh, so what my recommendation always is for First and foremost, there is no active treatment for cytospora canker, but improve. what does it what does it look like on so the tree? It will actually kill the low branches of the tree. You'll see some white resiny sap start to push out. Um, my recommendation is always to pull the the old needles out from underneath the tree. Not a small undertaking on some larger trees, especially you know, Doug, if you have some larger trees on your property. Get those needles out from underneath there. That will help to uh, uh, lower the chance of that pathogen reinfecting the lower branches. 
a low impact way again to try to help manage the disease overall. But again, healthy trees don't typically get sick, mm. so let's improve the overall. You know, get them healthy and, and fertilized. Because I always thought you were supposed to leave the needles there because yeah. they go break down and eventually and go they on do, to feed the uh, plant. So except when they have a pathogen. Except when they have a pathogen, gotcha. exactly. You know, down south they call it pine straw. They use you know the needles as as mulch all over the place. Right up north here, we see you know with the cool wet springs that we've had recently. Let's get those needles out from underneath there. You'll be a and lot more successful at managing the disease. The other disease, well, how does it uh, manifest itself on Sa- the tree? The same way. Uh, you'll see the lower branches kind of yellowing out or even maybe turning per- a little purple or brown. Uh, at the end of the day, you'll see those branches, you know, they'll start to die off on the low side of the tree. Mm-hmm. Call immediately. We can help to get those things under control. Um, again, Soil fertility is going to be a big part of that equation. Make sure you're getting the tree healthy that way and proper watering in the in Yeah, the so summertime. our tree's already in there. It's been in there for a while. Mm-hmm. What do we do to improve the soil then? Well, one thing, and I saw it just driving up through uh, Foster Plaza here, throwing some poop. <laughs> Get it out there. I mean, you know, the the mushroom manure, we have a great resource you here. You were driving here and you saw someone throwing poop? I, well, I didn't see anyone throwing poop, but it was out there. So it, it is the poop has been thrown previously, you know. so Just don't pile it up against the trunk don't of the trees. Pile, oh, it's right outside the door. And here. you don't want to do it too thickly either, right? right. When we're talking about right. putting it around trees, any type of mulch, whether it's mushroom right. soil or shredded bark, right. an inch Maybe two? Maybe two at the most. Okay. Two to three as you go out further towards the drip line of the tree or uh-huh. further away from the trunk. Three is the is the absolute most. So. Gotcha. So I went and did a garden consult, and a landscaper put in four birch trees. Okay. Volcano mulched them. Ooh. Oh, that's fantastic. Ninjas right. against volcano mulch, by uh. the way. So I, I pulled the mulch off. You know the top, but it's still the way they planted it. They planted it the, so the root ball is yeah. up out of the soil. Okay. Probably six, eight inches. Oh, wow. That's high. What do we do? Well, and you it's can, a big tree. Yeah. You know, these, are, these are like, you know, already 20 feet tall. They haven't lost the farm yet. So planting a little higher is always better than planting a little lower. The trees will suffocate if you plant them too low. You can add a little bit of soil to, you know, ex- uh, keep those exposed roots um, covered. The other side, you know, add a little bit of mulch. Not over mulch. No volcano mulch, please. But um, really, you can add some soil in there to, to help uh, cover those roots, keep them dry, uh, or you know, keep them and from certainly remove any of so. that mulch that's close to oh, the tree. Absolutely. I can already see little feeder roots, yeah, working their get way out, into the mulch and, the, and out of the there. discoloration of the bark because mm-hmm. it was probably an inch under, It'll under keep it wet, yeah, under the mulch. Yeah, get a hand trowel, you know, get in there and start digging. Um, even if you have to take your clippers, I know it's not the best, you know, thing to do is to dig in down in the soil with your hand pruners. Mm-hmm. Get in there and clip those roots if you find any. So. All right, That's great. Good. Always such good advice, Todd Schirbani. <laughs> Todd, you. Todd, we need you to stick around, though, for the, the last segment here. No problem. Thank you. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to www.davy.com slash KDKA. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855 855- 982-8733. bank instant access, kdk.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020, KDKA. All right, congratulations, Mary Leah Beaver won that $25 gift certificate from Janoski's. Now, last year, my peach tree had a, at least 100 peaches. Couldn't use them because of fungus and 
question is, what do I do now as far as to prevent that from happening again? I've never put anything in the soil or on the tree. It's eight foot tall and has 100% of the pink blossoms. Todd, go ahead. Wow. That's fantastic. I'd love to see that tree, actually. <laughs> They're beautiful right now. Mine's yeah. in bloom. It's exciting. Oh, it really? Yeah. yeah. I, well, I wonder... Nothing more disappointing, though, than seeing all those peaches go through all the season, and then at the very end, oh, yeah. they're rotted. Just thinking about that, how juicy and good they are. Yep. Uh, my first question I would have, what kind of pruning, uh, you know, what kind of structure does the tree have? That might be a big part of it. If you can get those leaves to dry out a little bit, the leaves to dry out a little bit, uh, maybe a good idea. Reduce the overall size of the tree. There's some structural pruning you could do uh, also thinning the fruits yeah. so when they get to be about the size of oh a nickel or so you need to go out and you need to thin them down to one peach for every six to eight inches of branch space because when they're really crowded you have limited air circulation and that's when fungal issues crop up yeah. um, on my peach tree at home to stave off the that brown rot which is the the fungal issue that makes them turn all shrivelly and brown and weird looking um, I use serenade which is an organic biofungicide that's based on a strain of bacteria and it's extremely effective and also works on grapes for the brown rot. Mm. So I will do that, especially if we have a wet spring. I start early. I do it maybe every 14 days or so, sometimes a little bit longer if the weather's really dry and that will help. And actually what I found last year, which I love for just one peach tree, I covered those peaches last year. I did an experiment, and I covered them with little nylon footies when they were real small, when they were no about kidding. the size of a quarter. I put a little nylon footie around each one of them, and the peaches that I put the nylon footies around did not have any fungal issues, no insect issues, nothing. So try that on your Sounds peach like a tree. research project. Exactly. Do it as an experiment just to see how it does, just on a few of the fruits. And do the rest of them with that, um, you know, the the fungicide regimen with the organic fungicide and see, yeah. see what kind of results you get. Keep after it too. That's Absolutely. the one thing. Yep. How many nylon footies are we talking about? Depends on how many peaches you get in your tree. This but if you do, come by. And it, 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 no, you buy them on Amazon. I get them in a pack of 500. <laughs> I get a, a pack of 500, right? A pack of 500 is like $3 or something. And go. it did not take me that long to do it because I did it when I thinned the fruits. And so I thinned them and then automatically put that little, slip the little footy over there. And then I didn't have to mess with them. You know, it was awesome. It's fantastic. Dollar Bank Instant Access from Susan. I'm thinking of trying square foot gardening, the technique developed by Mel Bartholomew this year by converting one of my existing raised beds. Do either of you use this technique and what is your opinion of it? Well, I just did a story on Mel who passed away last year and I love square foot gardening. Uh, The interesting thing about square foot gardening, the first book is the uh, best-selling garden book ever released. And Mel redid his whole square foot gardening um, technique with a new book because uh, the first book was double digging mm-hmm. and all that, and which he's no longer right, right, right. And he decided, no, we're not going. He's going to do it uh, a different way, which is just add compost on top and then planting. But I love square foot gardening and and think it's wonderful. Just what about you? I concur. I haven't tried it myself, but I know a lot of people that have success with it. Another Dollar Bank Instant Access. I planted many daffodil bulbs last fall, and they have come up, and most look great. Can you tell me what happens to those bulbs in the ground over the years? Do they multiply? If so, what can I do over the year to improve their performance next spring? The nice thing about daffodils is there's really nothing you need to do. Uh, The only thing I suggest to people is removing those spent flower stalks um, so that they don't produce seed, because you don't want that plant to put energy into producing seed. You want it to 
put energy into producing a bigger and better bulb for next year's blooms. Leave the greens on there uh, until they die back naturally on their own. Don't tie them up. Don't tie them up. Don't cut them off early. And that also will go and feed the blooms uh, for next year and make bigger and better bulbs. And yes, they definitely will multiply, which is another nice thing. Another one from Todd uh, Shabandi from Davy Tree. This is from Paul from Mars. Are Norway spruces being affected by a disease as much as the Colorado spruce tree? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, all around. Spruces in general. Paul Paul has a whole nursery of trees. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's it's everywhere, you know, unfortunately. Um I I, I don't I can't substantiate, but I know uh, south facing sides a lot of times will do a little bit better than the north facing side because they get dried out as you know, through the, the winter months. But mm-hmm. you know, I th- I'd say it's everywhere right now. And did we have anything else to talk about that rhododendron that we talked about earlier in the oh, season? Oh yeah, that was a good question. So the person that uh, called earlier with the issue with the rhododendron dieback, yeah. one branch at a time, you did say Davey would come out and take a look at that and oh, give an assessment for absolutely. her? Absolutely, yeah. We can identify if it's a fungal infection, if it's a disease, if it's maybe an insect. Uh, azalea bark scale I know is running mm-hmm. rampant right now as well, so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not a good thing. All right. So they can give Davey a call. And we can call, you can call us out. anytime. We'd be happy to stop out. Even if it's just one little plant, we do house calls. Love that. Yeah. All right. Let's take one call before we take our final break. Uh, let's say hi to Melissa in Allison Park. Hi, Melissa. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? What's on your mind? Well, I've got two problems. The first one is a smoke tree. My parents planted it over 70 years ago. It is a 70-year-old tree. It's got some issues uh, with lichen on it. When you look at it from my second-story window, it looks pretty sad. Uh, Last year, it was beautiful early. Later, it started looking really ratty. And there was a lot of dead wood. I went in and cut it all out. And I'm getting worried because my husband says, why don't we cut that thing down? (laughs) (laughs) Underutilized plant in the landscape, by the way. It's a great, smoke trees are great. Lichens, I wouldn't worry too much about. No, they live symbiotically, which means they they take a little bit from the tree. The tree gives a little bit to them. Yeah, but the issue of seeing a lot of dieback could possibly be some they're not real prone to issues though are they they? are not they're not so i would recommend rejuvenation pruning definitely a good thing to help out cut back some of that big stuff doug and jessica teach you how to keep it green the organic gardeners News Radio 1020, KDKA. Join me today at the Butler Home Show. It's at the Family Sports Center on Route 68. I'll be there at 2 p.m. talking all about organic gardening. We'll have some free seeds for you for a good cause. Partnering with the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, you grow out the Swiss chard and then you donate it to your local pantry. Todd, thanks so much for coming in to start our uh, Talking Trees segment for the year. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, I hope you feel better today. Get some aspirin, Jess, and stretch, yeah, stretch, stretch. I know. You know. As you get older. Especially if I go back in the garden, I'm going to be in for it. As you get older, Definitely. you have to take care of your body. Thanks, dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late for us. <laughs> <laughs> Way too late. Oh, how true. The only four words Rob says the whole show. It's well, too I mean, late listen, for us. <laughs> when, when you get when you get like uh, steak, why do you want to use ground meat? Todd's here. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not growing old, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> You're just going to stay yeah, yeah. in the, the 29 whole forever. Pattern, right? 29 forever. I like that idea. Actually, well, I think I'm going to adopt that myself. Yeah, yeah. We've already started uh, battling the 
the critters. I have oh. deer that are actually eating alliums, Jess. And I, I, it's on my video wow. this week at Everybody Gardens. And I know you're battling those bunnies. Yes, the rabbits are already moles. at it in my yard. The moles have been really bad. Well, I don't even consider them bad. No. I mean, they make the lawn look not so good, but they're not. They're not eating your plants. They that don't eat true. plant roots or bulbs or anything like that. Decimating worms by the dozen, though. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I got worms to spare, so it's all good because while they're doing that to the worms, they're also doing that to more Japanese beetle grubs, which yeah, is A-OK yeah. with me. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that is A-OK with great. me. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live.